Joe Biden is an abomination. Yes, something that sparks disgust. Zero ability, zero integrity, and a lot of greed. Does that word seem kind of intense? I think it's totally appropriate. And using it for Joe Biden occurred to me yesterday, actually, when we saw the late, great Ronald Reagan speaking of Martin Luther King uh, some 30 or 40 years ago. And look who's over his shoulder. Yeah, that's Joe Biden. And the comparison, the two men, it just, it came to me. He's an abomination. This man should not be president. I think we all understand that. Certainly Reagan himself understood it. He was appalled by Joe Biden. From his personal diary, some talk about Senator Biden, now candidate for president. I saw him last night on CNN uh, speaking to the John F. Kennedy School at Harvard U. He's smooth but pure demagogue, out to save America from the Reagan doctrine. Ronald Reagan's CIA director, Robert Gates, put it this way in his memoir. I think he, Joe Biden, has been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. And he just didn't slip it into his memoir. He said it out loud. And you know what I'm about to read to you. Still, I think he's been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. Would he be an effective commander in chief? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I stand by that statement. Good for you. The whole world really always had Joe Biden's number. Until big tech colluded with the Democrats and something weird happened in South Carolina and he was imposed on all of us. Everybody had his number, even Johnny Carson. On the political scene, uh, one of the Democratic candidates is Senator Joseph Biden. Have you seen the problem he's been having? He went around and made a speech. And apparently he quoted a, I think it was a British politician, took his speech and kind of paraphrased it as his own. And then the press got on him. And then he was charged also with taking part of Bobby Kennedy's speeches. And Biden says, not to worry. He reassured his staff. He said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. <laughs> A national punchline. And now he's president. It is so bizarre, so crazy. And to listen to Joe Biden himself, basically, he's always stood for nothing other than Joe Biden. Joe Biden also had a role model. Irish, Catholic, good-looking. Joe emulated what he could. Kennedy was drawn to politics. Biden was drawn to politics. Jack had a photogenic wife and children. Joe had a photogenic wife and children. The Kennedys had a family compound at Hyannisport. The Bidens would have a family compound in Wilmington, Delaware. Joe Biden was always fascinated by the Kennedy mystique. He really saw himself as a natural heir to that tradition. I'm Joe Biden, and I'm a candidate for the United States Senate. Politicians have done such a job on the people that the people don't believe them anymore. And I'd like a shot at changing that. I've heard more sophisticated rationales for running for public office on the Popeye the Sailor Man cartoon. I want to change things in Washington. 
This is a problem with Joe Biden. He always wanted to be something, not do something. Going back to Ronald Reagan, he was already something. And as a citizen, he put himself forward for public office. And we all know the results, but I think what we just heard, a 29-year-old punk like Joe Biden never accomplished anything in his life, and you compare it to Ronald Reagan's first foray into public office, the, the difference, the gap in quality, it's amazing. As of now, I am a candidate seeking the Republican nomination for governor. In the months ahead, I will present a number of specific proposals for solution to the problems I've discussed. I'll do my best to meet as many of you as possible and to explain clearly and completely my philosophy and beliefs. On those occasions, I'll welcome your questions and do my best to answer them. So you will have no doubt of where I stand on the issues important to you. Direct to camera for 30 minutes, a first-time candidate at the age of 55. And the results were spectacular. And of course, two successful terms as president of the United States. And again, these words blew me away. Um, it was about 34 years ago when he said goodbye as president of the United States. And can you imagine somebody like Joe Biden even comprehending these words? Probably not, but they're still amazing words. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. This belief has been the underlying basis for everything I've tried to do these past eight years. But back in the 1960s when I began, it seemed to me that we'd begun reversing the order of things. That through more and more rules and regulations and confiscatory taxes, the government was taking more of our money, more of our options, and more of our freedom. I went into politics in part to put up my hand and say, stop. I was a citizen politician, and it seemed the right thing for a citizen to do. I think we have stopped a lot of what needed stopping. And I hope we have once again reminded people that man is not free unless government is limited. The 40th president of the United States, and now we have the 45th president of the United States. I don't know how he got there. Some weird historical fluke, and I still have grave concerns about the fairness of the 2020 election. But this man is president. You just heard what a president is supposed to sound like. And here's Joe. We'll double the fines on travelers that refuse to mask. If you break the rules, be prepared to pay. And by the way, show some respect. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost all of us. How did this happen? How did this person of no intellect, no ability, and no integrity, how is this? And by the way, he has complete contempt for the American people. I'm going to get assault weapons banned. I did it once, I'm gonna do it again. There's no social redeeming value. 
Deer aren't wearing Kevlar vests out there. What the hell you need a assault? No, I'm serious. And ban the number of bullets and go in a magazine. There's no, no need for any of that. I love my right-wing friends who talk about the tree of liberty is water of the blood of patriots. Give me a, if you need to work about taking on the federal government, you need some F-15s. You don't need an AR-15. I'm serious. Think about it. He's talking about the people, fighting the people with the American military. This is crazy stuff. And he's president. How did this happen? Well, we have a peculiar system, actually, and you can become a United States senator from a little tiny place called Delaware. And you can do it with 116,000 votes. And you can do it as a 29-year-old mediocrity. And presto changeo, you're the uh, <laughs> you're a United States senator. And every senator sees a future president in the mirror. And Joe, crazily enough, was right. Let's talk about Delaware, by the way. Hey, thanks a lot, Delaware. <laughs> this is on you. Uh, Delaware is a tiny state, very tiny. There are many counties in America that are actually bigger than the state of Delaware. Hey, it's fine. I like our system, the, concept, the compromise. Was it the Delaware compromise, the Rhode Island compromise? This is wild. Even Suffolk County, New York, bigger than Delaware. Ah, well, it put him on a trajectory to be president of the United States. It's crazy. Oh, but people are wising up. I mean, I knew about this guy since 1987, but even some Democrats are like, huh? This uh, thing with the documents, it's not going away. Uh, but I want to point out the visitor log. Don't worry too much about the visitor log. Everyone's talking about the visitor log, right? Tonight, the White House facing calls for more transparency after we learn there are no visitor logs for President Biden's personal residence, where classified documents were found. House Republicans now say they want visitor logs of the Wilmington home, and the White House says there are none. There are uh, none. When the president was out of office, he didn't have such a thing. Yet another question, if there's documents there, why are there not visitor logs? We want to know uh, the visitor logs to the residents. We want to know who had access uh, to the Biden Center for Diplomacy. All right, you know who uh, went into the House and the Biden Center for Diplomacy? Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. You can look it up in the emails. I mean, a guy who fixed the air conditioner, the plumber, a guy who fixed the wall. These people had access to the House when Joe was actually vice president. All right? Everybody. So the visitor log is not going to tell us much, and I don't think there actually is one. Here are the important things to focus on, all right? And Joe gave it away himself. What was happening at that Penn Biden Center? It's a slush fund, by the way. But why were his lawyers cleaning up his stuff? When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol. I, totally bizarre. Makes no sense. Those guys in Washington, D.C. can make $1,000 an hour. This is critical. Why were they there to begin with? And also this, this advice they gave him. I don't think the lawyers wanted him to say this out loud, but this was apparently private advice they gave to Joe Biden, who, being Joe, he just says it. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've, my lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. My lawyers have not suggested I ask what they were. Translation, my lawyers told me, don't ask. You don't want to know, Joe? <laughs> if it happened that way, it's incredibly weird. If it didn't happen that way, we want to know. Something is obviously up, all right? 
And by the way, back to uh, who had access to the House. This guy had access to the House. Hunter Biden, all right? A major league security risk. And I think we've kind of figured out what this $49,000 a month situation may have been. Uh, paying rent, $49,000. You know, Hunter is not exactly fastidious and organized when it comes to paperwork. He may have been talking about the rent that he had, uh, the arrangement with some office building in Washington, D.C., the so-called Swedish Center, charging him $49,000 per quarter. Now, some would say, well, that means uh, Joe Biden is off the hook. All right, this is, no, not really. That office, uh, according to office management, <laughs> there were keys for Hunter, Joe, Jill, and Jim Biden. All right, that whole nonsense about I've never talked to my son about business. They were sharing an office. This is real stuff, by the way. And, uh, oh, one other thing, the tax situation. You know, we just saw President Trump's taxes a couple of weeks ago. Notice you don't hear anything about that anymore. Uh, take a look at this, everybody. Joe Biden, when he left the vice presidency in 2017, made a lot of money. All right. I mean, we're talking. Uh, uh, yeah, you see that $10 million up to $11 million. One thing these taxes actually don't show. Joe Biden makes a big deal out about releasing them. Who paid him that money? The W-2s are not included. That's kind of, right? I mean, isn't that the important part? Okay, you made that money. Where did it come from? And then there's this. This is something for the White House counsel uh, to address. I am not going to address that from here. I will refer you to them, and I will refer you to the special counsel and anything that's that is specific to this particular issue. Right. I know there's going to continue to be dozens more questions probably today, and I will say reach out to the White House Counsel's office. Are you listening to your the question that you're asking me? Look, I mean, okay, look, look, I'm going to be very consistent here. Uh, I am going to be very clear here. <laughs> this is very clear. This is stonewalling. All right. This is this is not transparency. This is a White House in trouble. And it's not just Joe Biden. Tony Blinken, the secretary of state. Yeah, if you look closely at that video uh, for the Biden Penn Center, who's that guy? Yeah, that's Tony Blinken, currently the Secretary of State. How much money was he making at the UPenn Center? Was he making a million dollars like Joe Biden? He didn't want to talk about it today. You were for two years the managing director of the Penn Biden Center. And just ask if you were aware of any reason why classified documents would have been packed and brought there while you were there and whether you would be available for an interview if the special counsel requests? Uh, the short answer is no. Uh, just as you heard from President Biden uh, about a week ago, I was surprised to learn that there were any government records taken to the, uh, the Penn Biden Center. I had no knowledge of it uh, at the time. Um, the White House, of course, has indicated that uh, the administration is cooperating fully with the review that the Justice Department has undertaken, and I, of course, would cooperate fully with, uh, with that review myself. Humana, 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 humana. You know, the more I think about it, Joe Biden and those documents, of course he would take those documents. That's what makes Joe Biden profitable. That what's, that's what made him employable. Joe Biden, without the documents, without the status, without the access, is just a goofy guy with a big smile. That's it. Of course, it enhanced his profitability. 
it enhanced his value to our adversaries. That's what I believe. And I'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Rob Carson. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I am tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert your IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word ROB to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With over 20 years of experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting ROB to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, secure your gold. Start today with the free info kit. There's no obligation to make this request. Just text ROB to 989898. Did you hear about this in Nigeria? Father Achi, uh, a beloved Roman Catholic priest, burned to death. Uh, a bunch of crazy anti-Christian radicals stormed his church and they burned it to the ground uh, with him inside it. And it was deliberate. This is happening more and more across the world. And in America, I fear that we're on our way there. Maybe you saw this scene from the Mall of the Americas in Minnesota. A guy wearing a Jesus Saves t-shirt, well, they found it offensive and tried to get him to leave. Take off the shirt or leave. I mean, these, mall, uh, these are mall cops, right? Got a little bit out of hand. Watch. If you want to shop here, you need to take that shirt off. What is wrong with what is with my t-shirt? Again, sir, it is religious soliciting. There is no soliciting allowed on law property, which is private property. Private property. It's still America. This is still American soil, all right? That man with his Jesus Saves t-shirt, you see how they treated him? Well, uh, you know, there are certain Christian leaders out there who have bent over backwards trying to fit into our perverse backward culture, right? And one of the ways they've done it is putting gay pride signs all over the place and Black Lives Matter this all over the church. They have no business in the church. They have no business on the church, obviously, okay? That's not what it's about. Yes, obviously everyone is accepted and welcome, but you don't come flying a flag. I'm sorry. This is so off message. Yeah, I think we can say off message. And who is on message? You know, I love that guy in the mall. He wasn't doing anything that um, is illegal. No, but too often, well, too often, quite frankly, in my opinion, Christians are good at fighting back, but not just sharing the good news. And I'm glad he did, and I'm glad he's trying, and I'm sure that's getting harder and harder, especially in our perverse culture. Remember when Donald Trump came out with a Bible in front of a church, and somehow that was an abomination? Yet the image is on the right, and that is a peaceful protest. This is, uh, this is an insane culture right now. And of course, 
Everything is Trump's fault. Still, and Paul Pelosi gets hit in the head. It's Trump's fault. Brazil is on the edge of revolution. That's Trump's fault. You saw well, what's been going on down there, right? Now, all this is January 6th inspired, they say. They say. Um, and they say it a lot. I want to go to Brazil now because the parallels to our own January 6th insurrection are inescapable. It was an attempt to topple the government that resembled the January 6th insurrection. Is Brazil's president encouraging a January 6th style insurrection in his country? People across the world are seeing how a former American president, the people around him and his example on January the 6th is now responsible for the exporting of fascism and anti-democratic movements to other countries. Wow. So all of these people are so confident from their comfortable perches that the election in Brazil was on the up and up. How do they know? I mean, how do they know? Because they were told? Because somebody sent them an email? I mean, did they go down there? Are these people wrong and Mika Brzezinski is right? I don't think so, actually. Um, and if that election was stolen from these people, as it may have been, then that would make them patriots. I mean, how about our patriots? I'm talking about during the Revolutionary War. Some of those images were probably pretty shocking um, in its time. But uh, now we laud them, right? That's part of our rich history. And this is good stuff. I don't know what happened in Brazil. I don't know how those people are so, so cocky and so self-assured. Whatever happened to, like, just asking questions and looking at the world with a sense of wonder? Nobody in the media does that. No. They have all the answers. And when some goofball gets locked up, it must be Donald Trump's fault, okay? Uh, this guy, some irate, allegedly irate lunatic, was upset that he lost office. Uh, he was running for something. And he's a Republican! So that's an opportunity for the fake news. This was not only a conspiracy that was dangerous to these individuals, but a conspiracy that was dangerous to democracy. Again, democracy hanging by a thread. Just ask them. I think they want it to be hanging by a thread for some reason. And that reason just might be so they can exert more control. The government wants to exert more control. Listen to this longtime former FBI bureaucrat. We're going to see threats. Um, uh, extortionate blackmail type threats where sources, methods, techniques are going to be threatened to be exposed, if not actually exposed by these committee, by committees, people like Jim Jordan and others under the guise of transparency. But what's going to happen as a result is people are going to get hurt. Jim Jordan asking questions. People are going to get hurt because Jim Jordan is asking questions. No. And we don't want anybody to be hurt. But I'm not so sure about some of these swamp people because people getting hurt might be an opportunity for them to exert, again, more control. Now, they're very worried about something bad happening at an FBI office. I hope that doesn't happen. I mean, and it has happened. All right, let's go. Uh, July 28th, some guy uh, shot at an FBI agent. OK, in July, uh, another guy tried to enter the FBI office. He's charged with assaulting a and it goes back. Let's go back further. 2020, a man approached a San Diego FBI office and there was a standoff and he shot himself. And it goes on and on. We can go. I mean, this happens. It's unfortunate, but it happens. It will happen. 
it's kind of one of the negatives of being in law enforcement. And I think these guys somehow want this to happen so it will be a pretext for them to shut down half the country. That has me concerned. Now, where would I get this crazy idea? How about the president of the United States when he went to Philadelphia a few months ago and tried to you know, shame half of America, MAGA extremists. If you're MAGA, you're anti-democratic. Gosh, it was a disgusting message. And I thought that was a special occasion. Okay, you know, primetime speech. No, any given Monday, Joe's repeating the same stuff. We face another inflection point in our nation's history. One that's going to determine what this country looks like several decades from now. You know, uh, this is a time for choosing. Will we choose democracy over autocracy or community over chaos, love or hate? These are the questions of our time that I ran for president to try to help answer. Yeah, so I voted for Trump and therefore I voted for hate, right? Yeah, um, for autocracy because I voted for the MAGA ticket. This is crazy stuff. And by the way, if my idea of uh, that FBI guy kind of somehow wanting something bad to happen. Shame on him, by the way. If that sounds crazy, Ashley Babbitt is dead. They shot her. They killed her. It was unjustified. We all saw it. What else are they capable of doing? I'll be right back. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And they think they are all that. Oh, my gosh. The most arrogant people in the world are in the media. They, I don't get it because they don't know how to do anything. I mean, with very few exceptions, they don't know how to repair stuff. They don't know how to drive a truck, fly a plane, be a nurse, be a doctor, be a worker. They don't know how. All they do is sit around and pretend, and a lot of them have actually convinced themselves that they must know better. After all, they're sitting in, uh, well, in a place like this. <laughs> I've never fallen prey to this stuff, all right? And by the way, I've done a few things other than this, and I'm so grateful, actually. Most of them have not had that opportunity. They didn't want it. And you know who gets me the most? Mika. When COVID first erupted in February, March of 2020, uh, we were having shortages, whether it was mask shortages or ventilator shortages. But then we started talking about uh, shortages in medicine. Um, and here we are, what, two years later? Uh, we two, three, two, yeah, three years later. Uh, we're still talking about it. Yeah, three years later. Unbelievable. When are we going to start moving on this? This seemed like a no brainer three years ago. What's the hold up? Yeah, what's the holdup? Hmm. Time's a wasting. What's the holdup? Because if Mika were running the situation, it would be a whole lot better, right? What's the holdup? They haven't run anything. They don't know anything. Talking to Dr. Death there, by the way, Zeke Emanuel. Mika, like most of them, just kind of bounced around from TV station to TV station and somehow thinks that that makes her special uh, in terms of maybe more important than other people. No, it doesn't. But boy, oh boy, are they convinced. They are so convinced. Uh, this is actually the most interesting part and possibly the most useful part. She got fired. A lot of people in this business get fired. Sooner or later it happens and it does build character. But in her case, she went from there to uh, another opportunity where the big opportunity was dating Joe under interesting circumstances. And now she wants answers, huh? What's up with that? 
I don't like them. Sorry. I love them, but I, I don't like them. And the worst part, the worst of them are the fact checkers, the so-called fact checkers. So Joe Biden goes around to this day bragging that he played football. There he is, number 30. And maybe he did. You know, Joe has told so many lies that I'm kind of skeptical about everything. But he says he was a real uh, champion player. In fact, he was a starter at the University of Delaware, except he met a hot girl. My, uh, you know, I, I, I married a, a beautiful woman from Atlas Lake, was at Syracuse. I met her on spring break and fell head over heels in love with her and uh, gave up a starting job on the football team in Delaware to come up uh, uh, every weekend because I couldn't stay away. All right. It's a sweet story if it's true. I don't think it's entirely true, uh, but I know this about Joe Biden. He got a deferment. He didn't serve in Vietnam in part because he claims to have had asthma. Now, I don't buy that. A lot of people are looking for deferments, and Joe got one because he had asthma. It's a fact. But what does PolitiFact say? PolitiFact is one of those phony baloney websites, uh, the fact-checking one, and Joe Biden did not use health excuses to dodge the draft. That's a pretty bold statement because I've I've seen that in a lot of places. In fact, I kind of remember seeing the deferment itself. And uh, even PolitiFact in the story acknowledges Biden underwent a physical exam, which specified that he could be drafted only in a national emergency because of his asthma. It's right there in the story right there in the story, but they say it's not true because he had other deferments for other things, student deferments, got married, that kind of thing. He did not go to Vietnam because he had asthma. It's right there. Yet they still protect this guy for some reason. And beware, these fact-checking websites. And like we were talking about before, the arrogance of these people is really obnoxious. We brought together the founders of PolitiFact over Zoom. Neil Brown, Bill Adair, Angie Drobnik-Holland, and Matt Waite to say how it all started in 2007. What's so funny? Uh, their website is funny. It's a joke. Again, people cite this thing all the time. And there they are. Can I see the headline again, right? No, Joe Biden didn't use, did not use health to dodge the draft. But inside the story, it says he used his health to dodge the draft. Is this bizarre world or what? Give me a moment, please. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Well, it's been about a month and uh, Donald Trump's taxes check out. But all that kind of got me thinking about Joe Biden and all of his recent troubles with the classified documents. I thought I'd take a look at Joe Biden's tax returns. And oh, yes, like a good Democrat, like a good citizen, he put those returns online and I got them right here. And actually... I don't know if he realizes just what he did by putting them all online. Uh, he got a great big pass. There is some weird stuff in here, but there's also not a lot in here, just like there aren't a lot in Donald Trump's uh, tax returns. Let's bring in an expert, Ren McEachran, 
former acting chief FBI International Corruption Unit. He is the founder of Trust Storm Solutions. That's a forensic accounting firm. They investigate financial crimes, international money laundering and tax evasion. And first of all, sir, it's true. Uh, FBI agents for a long time, you know, they need lawyers and they need accountants. That was almost a prerequisite for a long time that you had to be one of those things, right? Thankfully, Greg, those days have changed. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten into the Bureau. But they do open up now beyond JDs and CPAs. But those people still exist and are critical to the mission, of course. Uh, well, it seems like you have a great knowledge of the area nonetheless. And look, going through these documents, let's put up Joe's, um, the actual income from 2017. And it's many, many, many millions of dollars. Um, but... I thought we'd have more information as in like, okay, how do they get this many, many millions of dollars? And it's actually not in there. Uh, I, I, thought, I thought that was all supposed to be in there. I guess that's not the case when you're running for president. What's up with that? So in all my years, you know, leading complex financial you know, investigations around the world, looking at money flows to include tax records, there's never the smoking gun, you know, oftentimes with the tax records. It's just one piece. And it doesn't show the origins of, uh, of the funds and where they're, they're coming from. And so there's an amount, but there's always much more work that needs to be done to really understand the source uh, of, of the income, to be honest. And when you heard like the media uproar that lasted for seven years, eight years about Donald Trump's tax returns, did you understand what you just told us that most likely <laughs> that's not the way it works and they're being naive? Yeah, I would have loved to manage expectations around that, because as we now know, there's not a lot there there as everybody thought there would be. It's just the nature of these type of documents. It's just one piece in a larger, complex financial case. But it's never the, the smoking gun. It really isn't. As you can see, they're very abstract often and they're prepared by tax preparers that are very um, savvy in these areas. And, and businessmen, smart, savvy businessmen and women around the world do use tax aversion, which is completely legal. And so it doesn't really give you a lot of what people think they're going to find. A lot of people are seizing on rental income in 2017 was like $23,000. And they're saying, wait, didn't Hunter Biden pay $49,000 a month in rent? Where is that? But it looks to me like that was an office payment, not a residential payment. Uh, but who knows? These things are opaque. When Joe Biden runs around bragging about how transparent he is by putting out his tax returns, does that also give you a <laughs> give me a break, buddy? Uh, that may wash with the fake news, but not with the pros. Yeah, I mean, it's it's everybody. Oh, hey, here are my tax returns. I'm going to you know open up the kimono. I'm totally transparent. But again, these records only tell a very small piece of the story and don't really speak to where is the money coming from? Who paid it? Where else did it come from? Where is it going next? Right. And and all the sheltering and structures that are often behind complex money flows that can come through tax records that really just seem non you know non detail and don't make a lot of sense uh, by themselves can i get your sense as a uh, as a professional investigator and all your experience at the fbi when joe biden sent his lawyers to clean up an office uh i know he's a sitting president of the united states but still and he said it in mexico city i don't know if he wanted to say it but he said it yeah when my lawyers were clearing out my office at the university of pennsylvania they set up an office for me secure office in the capitol uh the 
As an investigator, as an FBI man, what's up with you, that? You know, Greg, I, I, I'm not, I don't know that obviously what happened here exactly, and I have some ideas, but generally you want to go with objective fact collectors and objective uh, investigators to collect that key information. And using your own lawyers, to me, it seems a little bit, uh, you know, it's hard to trust that, right? And so that's why groups like the FBI are critical to these investigations, and that's how they should be correctly leveraged in these types of cases. I guess the thing, though, is it was before the investigation. You know what I mean? He's cleaning out his office. Apparently, they don't have a whip that there's anything classified in there, and that's the odd part. They're not under investigation yet. They're using lawyers. And I'd like to take your temperature, please, of uh, the current climate at the FBI. This is a former senior agent, and the way he talks about you can't question the FBI or else people will die, basically. Uh, here he is. This is becoming very dangerous on a very personal level because what this committee is going to do and what the speaker has clearly already demonstrated he's going to do is they're going to discard the fact and they're going to attack people personally and endanger their lives. He's speaking of Jim Jordan and others in Congress who have genuine questions of the FBI. They raided the president's house, their involvement in the Russia hoax. These are legitimate questions, but they're they're kind of screaming that people will die if you start asking these questions. What do you make of that posture? Well, remember, when we took uh, you take an oath when you're in the FBI to protect the Constitution and we take that responsibility, that mission incredibly seriously. And so we we think questioning you know, what we do and how we operate is is healthy. Right. No organization is beyond uh, it's, you know, its own investigation of how we conduct ourselves. At the end of the day, if there's public trust issues, is there a perception of public trust, that's going to be a problem. Uh, the men and women doing all the investigations at the line are, are terrific and they're committed and there's not there's not a lot of bias there at all. But if people are, are not sure they can come to the FBI in big cases or, or cooperate with the FBI, it's going to be very difficult to do the important work of the FBI without cooperation and trust. And so the erosion or the perception of the erosion of trust is what concerns me the most and is critical uh, going forward to get that restored. Ren McEachran, former FBI, and currently uh, you can find him at Trust Storm Solutions. Go to TrustStormSolutions.com. Sir, thank you very much. Thank you. We'll be right back. George Floyd died in the summer of 2020, and America lost its mind. It was a complete and total overreaction to his death. It was. And uh, for a long time, you couldn't say that. Even now, you're on thin ice. Corporate media, of course, lost their mind, and corporations did. I mean, even the NFL, everybody was jumping in, right? Putting that Black Lives Matter banner on their, on their field, on their product, from Coca-Cola to Nike to the Football League. Everybody was down with this stuff, and they did it so thoughtlessly. Uh, I'm very pleased that I address this hypocrisy in my new book. It is called Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And that goes beyond Democrat politicians. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's your liberal neighbor. It's the corporations. It might even be your employer. So from my book, 
I write as follows. The death of George Floyd at the end of May 2020 provoked a kind of mass hysteria across America. Lockdown, quarantine, driven crazy by four years of media madness about Donald Trump and his allegedly racist and authoritarian regime. People in cities across the country saw the infamous video of Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin kneeling on the neck of a career criminal, aspiring porn star and drug addict named George Floyd and went into a collective temper tantrum. America erupted. Protests attracted millions of people who marched with banners declaring that black lives matter and demanding in a unified voice, seemingly out of nowhere, that police departments across the country be defunded and disbanded. Now, 2020 is an important year. It's an election year. And we make the case that it was all tied to getting Donald Trump out of the Oval Office. They would do anything, including exploit race, especially exploit race. You know who's great on this? Candace Owens. Listen to this. There isn't a single adult today that in good conscience would make the argument that America is a more racist or a more white nationalist society than it was when my grandfather was growing up. And yet we're hearing these terms sent around today because what they want to say is that brown people need to be scared, which seems to be the narrative that we hear every four years right ahead of a presidential election. A lot of truth there, huh? And one thing that was so different about the race riots of 2020, and this country has seen race riots before for centuries, but this time, this time, the cause of the rioters and their method was sanctified by culture, media, academia, Democrat Party. A good chunk of the Republican Party said that this stuff was okay, that it somehow was appropriate all those years of systemic racism and slavery that happened a long time ago. Instead, we ignored the real problems plaguing America. And again, one of my favorites, Candace Owens. Here are some things we never hear. 75% of the black boys in California don't meet state reading standards. In inner cities like Baltimore, within five high schools and one middle school, not a single student was found to be proficient in math or reading in 2016. The the single motherhood rate in the black community, which was at 23% in the 1960s when my grandfather was coming up, is at a staggering 74% today. I am guessing there will be no committee hearings about that. There are more black babies born, there are more black babies aborted than born alive in cities like New York, and you have Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo lighting up buildings to celebrate late-term abortions. I could go on and on, but my point is that White nationalism, white nationalism did not do any of those things that I just brought up. Democrat policies did. Amazing, right? And uh, it's a big chunk of my book. America is having a silly conversation about race to avoid having an uncomfortable, important conversation about race. Candace Owens, a handful of others are willing to have it. At one point, Barack Obama was, was and he chickened out. Anyway, I'd be delighted if you bought the book. I think you'll like it. Justice for All, available wherever books are sold. Thank you for your consideration, and I'll be right back. Hey, thank you very, very much, and we'll see you tomorrow.